Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. It's Friday, January the 13th. For all you superstitious people out there. Woo. But there you go. And I'm Tony Haggerty at a Haggerty 10 Twitter handle. And I'm joined today, as always, by Sean Martin at Sean Martin TCW and Aidan McDonald at Aidan C McDonald Twitter handle. Guys, how are we doing? Good, Tony. Oh, yeah. I there. I know bad, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> These podcasts work when you talk to me, guys. And I mean, that's how they work better like that. But hey, it's up to you. I'll, I'll let you deal with that whatever way you see fit. Now, guys, I'll just do, direct your attention to the bottom of your screen. And we've got a new offer. And we've got an excellent offer here. And it's if you subscribe to the Celtic Way, click the button. Not only will you enjoy four months of access to everything that's written on the website for a pound but the first 100 new subscribers get a free a3 callum mcgregor print by popular celtic artists made by frankie and that's the picture there as you can see on the screen and all you have to do is click a button guys and join us www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe first 100 new subscribers receive that limited edition a3 artwork of callum mcgregor by made by frankie and they are excellent and all you have to do is subscribe and enjoy four months. You can enjoy everything that's on the website, all, all the big reads, big interviews, all the statistical and data analysis, Stats Bomb, our friends at Stats Bomb, everything. It's all there. Sean, what a deal that is. Cracking deal, Tony. Yep, had a, quite a good update on it already, so I would I would get in there quick. Um, put it that way if you're wanting one of the, the prints. Um, I, in terms of on the website today, the kind of content you can get if you subscribe, there's a few things up today, actually. We've got yep. Aidan's newsletter from last night, which is looking at Celtic's League Cup semi-final record. Um, they've not been beaten in a, a semi-final since before Brendan Rodgers' era. A League Cup semi-final, I should say. Um, all right, maybe one of those seasons is because they didn't get the semi-final, but nonetheless, nonetheless, the rest of them is uh, it's almost unprecedented success. So Aidan looks a wee bit at that for the newsletter. That's up today. That's free to read, that one, actually. Uh, the other two things we've got up are... Alan Morrison's kind of, he's broke one of his own rules, put it this way. He's broke one of his own rules. He's uh, He always says you need 900 minutes before he starts analysing a player. <laughs> he get a wee bit excited and he's wanting to wanted to have a wee, a wee sneaky peek at the data and Alistair Johnston's first couple of games. So that's up there. And also we've got Kevin McKenna's column slightly later in the week than usual. Uh, he's usually early in the week, but he's, he's there the day and has his own Celtic fans and support for the strikes within yes. uh, Parkhead and presumably at Hamden tomorrow well, as well. So he's giving his opinion on that. That's a subject close to your heart as well, Sean, isn't it? Well, yep. close to all our hearts, really, to be fair. But it's, it's all go, Aidan. We've even got a new sponsor. And there they are. Seneca sponsored the, the, the pod now. Excellent. Celtic Way Morning Briefing, now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group. And if you didn't know, Seneca are the number one hair transplant company in Europe and offer innovative hair restoration treatments. And you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of this video. There you go, Sean. I did that without any reference to you. So there you have it. Marvellous. Aidan, how are you? All good? Looking forward to a semi-final. You did the semi-final rundown yesterday. Celtic have got a, a wonderful recent record in this cup competition. Did that fill you with... Uh, one, fill you with joy, and two, fill you with hope. And enthusiasm going into tomorrow's match? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can't not look at Celtic's uh, cup record and 
not been pressed with how they've done in recent years. The outlier being, of course, the season that Sean mentioned, <laughs> uh, which we'll just not go into in too much detail. But yeah, the week cut's been a really strong competition for Celtic, really. Since, since 2000, really, particularly, obviously, since Brendan Rodgers came in, uh, the, he won it, obviously, sort of the first three years. Then uh, Neil Lennon won it, and then, obviously, Andrew won it last year. So it's been a good competition. It's been a really good sort of kickstart or kick-on, you should say, uh, for the rest of the season since they've moved the final uh, before Christmas. I know that year was an exception because of the World Cup, but since 2016, obviously changing when the final was, I think that's really benefited Celtic getting that first trophy in the cabinet early. So, yeah, we're really positive and the way the team are playing right now, you can't not be excited for the game against Kilmarnock tomorrow. Sean, it, it's not a given because you have to play Kilmarnock tomorrow in order to get to the final mm-hmm. and then you have another 90 minutes before you even talk about winning the trophy, but semi-final Celtic, decent recent record, you know, and uh, there is no, as Aidan said there, there's no reason to, <coughs> excuse me, suspect that Celtic bring their brand of football tomorrow at Hamden that they can't succeed again. No, that's true. I'd, uh, I'd agree with that. I think I was looking at it and obviously last week they played Kelly, so I looked at the, the head-to-heads and different things uh, and that brought the head-to-head up to like, 11 unbeaten against Kelly in all competitions back to September 2018, 10 wins and a draw, 30 goals to 5 in Celtic's favour. But see, when you look at just Cups, they don't really meet Kilmarnock and Cups all that often. But over the last decade, they've only met once, and it was that, um, it was the 2017 uh, League Cup last 16, 5-0 Celtic. Griffiths, Tierney, Armstrong and Ralston scored as well that day. Oh uh, but before that, you're talking the 2012 League Cup final when Kelly won 1-0. That, that's the yeah. two times that they've played in Cups. Um, that's over a decade so they don't really meet in Cups all that often they obviously have met in the league a lot uh, except the season Kelly went down and it's pretty much one way traffic in that sense um, so I, I agree with you just in general any domestic opponent of Celtic bring their A game nobody's beaten them uh, but yeah I, the, 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 the head to head against Kelly would suggest it's going to be another one The 2012 League Cup final Sean always shows you though doesn't matter yep. who you're playing if you don't turn up on the day that's what can happen True, aye, that's always the case, I think, aye, aye. Aidan, when you were reading and researching uh, those semi-finals, I'm, I'm assuming that you're old enough to remember them all. Please tell me that you are. <clears throat> I can confirm he's that not, I'm He's not in uh, <laughs> <laughs> For one second, sort of way in on a sort of discussion of things that happened in the past. But, yeah, I'm, uh, I was at the majority of them, luckily, so I've got fond memories. Uh, just when you touched on the the 2012 final against uh, Kilmarnock. I just wanted to weigh in and say that the first two uh, League Cup finals I went to, Rangers 2011 and then Kilmarnock 2012, two defeats in a row. So oh, hopefully, you know, that's not that's, sort that's, of that's, that's, that that, that, that's the sort of thing that could get you barred from the national you reputation, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but... Uh, I'm happy to see well, that your record's improved significantly since then. It definitely has. It definitely has. I mean, when we spoke to the captain yesterday, Callum McGregor, and I'm looking at his record, Sean, mm-hmm. five winners' medals, but he was talking about the next winners' medal being the most important, wanting a sixth. I mean, it's just that thirst and hunger that you see you never lose that at a club like Celtic because mm-hmm. it's constant, the demand to win trophies. And I, I like to hear that, that it's not become just a blase thing. I've got five already, but he was just like, no, no. Mm-hmm. I, I want a sixth, you know. So you're just like that. That's tremendous. No, I agree. I think uh, I think that mentality is probably why he's got the five. 
already. Yeah. But you did make a point that it was a cup-winning team member. Yes. For a lot of it. And then last season, he, he, he kind of made his own wee bit of history as a cup-winning captain, which is a different thing entirely. And I think, um, I mean, we, we know we spoke about it before that Kieran Tierney in particular, who... I mean, I certainly thought it was captain material, but he was in no doubt. I know he'd already left and might have been modest, but he was in no doubt who was going to take the armband after Scott Brown left. And he said it was Carl McGregor runs that dressing room as well. So it was maybe always like this, but I certainly get the impression that, that uh, it's, it's the last, you could say before Brown went, but certainly since Brown went, everything he does is geared towards his captaincy, it yep. seems to me. Um, I mean, you think of where he's came from, is <clears throat> not only as a youth academy graduate, but obviously <clears throat> getting sent on loan to Notts County, which it made him, but it, it could it could have broke him. It could have th- said to him, this, right. is, this, is where, this is where you're going to be. He says, no, this is not where I want to be. I think I'm better than this. There was also the blip with his, his, his driving thing, um, where uh, Ronnie Dyla gave him a reprieve and, and told him to wise up and all that kind of stuff. And then Brendan Rogers took him to another level. So when you see that progression... To the guy that he is sitting in front of you yesterday, Tony, in that press conference, I just think it's brilliant. It's magnificent. Great yeah. example. You've grown up with that kind of winning mentality, Aidan, after those initial two losing League Cup finals. But Callum McGregor's been a kind of constant in your Celtic supporting life, one would conjecture. I mean, there is, you are, or you do run out of superlatives for Callum McGregor at times, don't you? But he does what it says in the tin, he does lead by example and he told you himself that his bar is set so high at training every day that that's that's the way it is and if you are the Celtic captain, you have that amber and you have that role, then that's just the demands that you set on your, your fellow teammates and that's a great thing for the club to have. It's absolutely superb, I mean he really is the sort of ideal role model and the ideal captain for Celtic. I think when Scott Brown left, everybody was worried about how he's possibly going to be able to replace that. And he's no doubt a different captain, but just as effective. And even if he even taking out his leadership skills, he's a phenomenal footballer as well. So the fact he can have both of them, some players maybe might have one trait but not have the other, but he has both. And it just, I think it couldn't have worked out any better in terms of him being there. And the fact he's on this sort of long-term deal as well, very much hope that he'll be the captain for many years to come. So the McGregor's been excellent and. Obviously, when you were at the presser yesterday, Tony, I know we'll probably maybe come on to touch or touch on some of his individual quotes, but the way he was speaking, it was clear how important last season's League Cup victory was to him and to the team to sort of kick them on towards a eventually being double winners come the end of the season. So, he'll be hoping to do that again. Sean, there was a moment last season as well at Hamden and it was a Scottish Cup semi-final defeat to Rangers mm-hmm. and the final was went, but he got all the players together and then he was asked after that what, what, he, what was the gist of the thrust of what he was saying and he said, that he told the players this one game does not define our season, we go again. And but it but it was instant. You know, we, mm-hmm. we noticed that straight away, didn't we? That when the final whistle went and all instead of trudging off, he got them all together and just that kind of unity and bonding it was. Okay, this has happened. We brush it off, we move on. And I, I was impressed by that. And he did a few things early doors and then you've also seen the clips from the DVD that Celtic released. Mm-hmm. He was talking with inspirational speech before they went out and won the League Cup final against the Berlin last season yeah. all added up to very impressive stuff Oh it does and I think uh, Aidan's right to point out that he's a different type of captain to Scott Brown, don't get me wrong I always would argue Scott Brown's underrated as a footballer in general because of his persona that that, that is put out there um, but Callum McGregor it would have been, it could have been his undoing if he tried to be Scott Brown 
you can only ever be the, the, the person that you are when you're leading because people will find you out pretty quickly if you're not. Um, and I think he, he adapted to that in a way that is admirable, admirable, but also true to the player that he is as well. He leads like the way that he plays, which is calm. But if he's, if he's needed to say something or do something to G them up or to get them thinking, like, like for instance, that derby, when they went 1-0 down, it was him that went, no, listen, hold on a minute. We're not playing the way we should be playing here. I'll just show you a wee bit. And it led to the equaliser. And then after that, they, they basically ensured that they were, they were on a path to win the league properly after that. And um, like you said, that, that semi-final, again, that's a situation. Given the way that it played out, and I, I, as I said the other day, I will always argue with this game, it was a coin flip. It was not a masterclass. Yeah. It, was a, it was a coin flip game. You said it was a Cameron Carter Vickers shot off the bar away from being uh, another final that they'd get into. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, but the fact that he done that so quickly after that, again, that, that, that the way that that game played out could have could have had a, a, an effect on the way that they approached that running, and it didn't, and a lot of that is to do with the way, the standards that Ange Postecoglou's put in, but the way that Callum McGregor makes sure they're upheld as well. Because as I say, you're never going to find any of those players in that dressing room picking anybody other than him as the best trainer when these wee things mm-hmm. come about in the future. They, they just won't, they don't even think about it. Every one of them puts him down. And you know there's some great trainers in there. Oh, correct, yeah. Adrian, it's still my favourite moment of Callum McGregor's captaincy, that Maisie run at Ibrooks that led to Tom Rodgick's equaliser. It was just a captain saying, we've not started right, let's get back into it. And I've spoken about actually celebration after it was pretty muted because the players were annoyed that they hadn't started. And I think at one point McGregor's like, right, we're back in it. Mm-hmm. Let's start playing the way we know we can play. And it was him that led that charge. And uh, Sean's right to highlight that because, as I say, it's still... A pivotal moment for me, certainly. One in his captaincy and two in the season. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a pivotal moment for the whole season. It really did sort of encapsulate McGregor's captaincy, just in terms of we're going to play our football. We're in a tough situation, not starting that game well, obviously. Not well at all, going 1-0 down within the first few minutes. And he's like, ah, no, we're not going to panic. Grab the game by his scuff of the neck and just get on with it. And that has really been sort of defining his whole captaincy. And it's... A brilliant trait to have, and the actual individual run itself was, was superb. Roderick's finish was also good, but the actual build up to it was excellent from McGregor. And yeah, that is probably one of, even though he scored plenty of brilliant goals for Celtic, also against Rangers, I think just in his overall Celtic career, and that's one of my favourite moments of his, to be honest, personally, because it was just so important in that game, and as you said, for the season overall. He, he spoke to the media yesterday, John, as you say, and Aidan will talk about, but he just seemed so relaxed and calm. And everything that he's saying and nothing phases him because I asked him about giving those you know speeches and the, the huddle and all that and he was just like look I, I'm I, I'm experienced at it now I, I know what I'm doing I know what I'm saying and I know what to say to the players at, at those specific times I I mean it, I suppose it helps right I think I'm right in saying that he's never never lost a, a domestic final um, so I suppose it helps. Touch wood, that, no, when that's um, the case. I mean, this isn't a final, I know, but it's. Uh, it, it, I suppose it helps when you're, you've got that in your back pocket where it's just sustained success and then you take the armband and you win the first trophy that you're asked to win and then from then on you, you win the league and now obviously the, the Scottish Cup never happened. But regardless, I think it, it would probably give you a, a sense of any confidence there when you're getting into games in any situation because even with Scotland... Uh, and I made this argument at the time. I obviously wasn't here. It was it was um, before I moved back down the road. But um, when I was up in Aberdeen, I, I I did think Billy Gilmore had a good game against England. But I came out of that game thinking Callum McGregor was man of the match. 
and it yeah. wasn't it wasn't a bias or anything. I just thought he was man of the match. I thought he was he was by far the the kind of best Scotland player there. Uh, it wasn't something a lot of people agreed with at the time, but subsequently, I think his importance to Scotland has been laid bare as well. Um, mm. And on top of that, as I say, taking the armband and embracing it in the way that it has, no wonder he's he's sitting there, been there, seen it, done it, confident, knows what he's doing, knows the kind of football he'll play, and knows that the guys that he's with are going to listen to him when he tells them to do something. So, Aidan, what struck you yesterday? What were you particularly impressed with in, in the stuff that he said? I actually thought his comments about Awata were quite interesting because uh-huh. he did he did handle it well, and uh, obviously somebody's basically asking who's is, is he coming in to take your position. But he didn't just sort of completely palm it off. He did make clear, you know, I'm still the main man in that position. I'm still the captain. But also, uh, you know, he's a talented player that can hopefully push me. So I enjoyed that. That just shows the competitive nature. And I also enjoyed these comments. It's probably kind of as expected of a captain's role, but it was still nice to hear him say it when he was talking about, you know, any players having like tran- uh, personal issues mm-hmm. or wanting to discuss their future, that they can come and talk to him about it. But he's not going to go and seek them out. It's all about, you can come and speak to me, but particularly when it comes to players leaving, uh, I'm not going to be discussing it with you because we're just focused on the football and getting results. So that was probably my two highlights, Tony, to be honest. To be fair, Tori, in the Iwata thing, like, wh- what is he going to say? He's not going to go out, oh, <laughs> no, I'm, really, I'm really scared I'm going to lose my position and all that. Like, I, I do get also didn't just from, like I, praise I, him too much. It was like I, a good I get, I get where you're coming from, Aidan, in terms of... Kind of had to balance it between a captain welcoming a new signing and keeping his confidence up, but also saying, "Well, no, it's it's my position, that kind of thing." But I am like, you're asking the Celtic captain, the first pick, in the <laughs> first pick in the in the draft. I was going to say the first pick in the the team sheet. Um, what he thinks about a player coming in for his position, and uh, what else is he going to say? He's not going to say, "I'm I'm, t- I'm trembling." But, indeed, indeed. Now, Aidan, you mentioned players going, players coming in. There's been a couple of snippets of information about potential transfers and obviously the Cho Gosgi Sung saga rumbles on and 442 Korea today Sean are saying that he's actually hanging out for a move to Mainz the German mm-hmm. side because one of his teammates plays a Korean teammates plays for a uh, Mainz and that's Lee yep. Jae Sung yep. uh, if that's believed to be true that he He's holding out for that rather than Celtic. He does want a move to Europe, but if that's the case, then maybe they know something that others don't. And I would I would wonder or conjecture, would Celtic be inclined to just say, okay, we'll walk away from that, despite the fact that they've tabled a three million bid? At some point, I think, yes, I think that's exactly what you do. At some point, obviously, the guys actually negotiating and talking to people behind the scenes will... I'll get a better gauge of when that would be than, than us. But I think, yes, at some point you do. Because remember, as post call goes back on, people should want to come. People should yes. not really need to be persuaded. All right, maybe a phone call from Ange to lay out exactly what he, he sees happening in terms of them fitting into a team and all that. But if it, if it, I'm not saying this is the case, but if it is coming down to like you really need to convince someone, then perhaps that's a sign that it's, it's not for them. That, uh, that at some point along the line, I'm not saying that is the case just now, uh, there's plenty of people in the comments already got that 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 kind of attitude about it that it's dragging on too long and if it is the case that he needs to be convinced then perhaps that that tells you it's maybe not for him coming to Parkhead but that's not my opinion on it I think I, I don't know enough about the the background to, to to really say that that's the case but I do think in the abstract I with any player at some point you do reach a line where you go nah it's not really going to happen Aidan and that that being the case 
and if Cho isn't going to come, would you be reluctant to conclude any deal that sees Jackamakis leave the club at this moment in time? Uh, absolutely, yeah, unless Celtic have got sort of an immediate target, which I mean, there maybe is, or sorry, they're not, they're not maybe is, there definitely will be a list, but just because it's not been, there's not been any sort of links to anybody else in terms of an actual striker outside of Cho, really, like as concrete links to this. I know there was obviously the the sort of slight link with Hamulich, but in terms of what an actual, there's been a bid made, etc. So I would probably be a wee bit wary of uh, selling Jackie Marcus if there's not going to be somebody immediately coming in. In terms of actual just show himself, it, it, you know, he's, he's looked like a positive player from what I've seen. Obviously, his, his goals at the World Cup's probably the, the main clips that people sort of focused on, but his goal record was also very good uh, for the team he's at in Korea. I was kind of quite excited about him, to be honest. It would be disappointing if it doesn't happen, but it does seem to be dragging on quite long. I, I know there's been this sort of thing since Andrew came in that deals have got concluded very quickly, particularly in the last sort of couple of transfer windows. But the one outlier was obviously Jota. Uh, he went on a sort of world tour, really, in terms of waiting until he actually signed. So it has kind of happened before, but obviously the difference with Jota is there was an actual sort of option to buy in there. But it would be good to see Cho come in, but yeah, the way it's looking, Tony, it's probably not like we know at this stage. And that's ex- Alan Robertson makes a great point here about Angel having another target and he's citing the Riley McGree and Matt O'Reilly situation. That sprung to mind with myself mm-hmm. uh, that if Celtic do move on, they will have other targets. It's just a question of but the fact that when Riley McGree said no, Matt O'Reilly came in almost in the back of that deal, well, one day that deal wasn't happening, the next day. Celtic announced kind of Matt O'Reilly. So I'd like to think that if Celtic do walk away from the Cho deal, that they would have somebody lined up in the eventuality that George Stakimakis leaves, Sean. Because I'd be quite mm-hmm. loath to let the Greek striker leave right now if they don't have that person lined up. Uh, I, I, I agree with that. I think you're probably looking at Maida doing stints yeah. centre-forward, uh, maybe Abada if, if, if need be. Uh, Potentially, I mean, I'm always saying about promoting B team players is it maybe Joey Dawson gets a gets a wee mention now and again. Uh, but ultimately, I I think you're I think you're mm. looking like urgently to bring in another striker if, if Jackamakis leaves and, and nobody else is brought in yet. I'm going to put this up uh, just because it made me laugh. JJ McGarvey channeling his yeah. saying, "Don't show, forget about mine, simple mind." Uh, I like that too. So I, I I mean I've got my that's my fantasy football team name next year if he signs in it. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed, that <laughs> very good, Gigi, like that. But no, I, uh, I'm, I'm with the manager as well on that. If players doesn't want to play, yeah, exactly, Paul Byrne. You don't want to play for Celtic, and you're uh, using them as going to leave us to get elsewhere. Then I don't think you're maybe the player for Celtic. But again, we're only going from reports coming out of four four two Korea, so that's that's been suggested, Aiden. But I'm sure the manager. He's well aware of who wants to, who doesn't want to play for Celtic. So we'll leave that in his capable hands. He's done all right so far. Yeah, in terms of his recruitment, Andrew's sort of players he's brought in, really the hit rate in terms of how good they've been, been superb, almost scary really. There's obviously been one or two that haven't really worked out, but that's going to happen when you're bringing in such a large volume of players. But I know we've discussed that a lot. These recruitment's been excellent. In terms of Cho, obviously Andrew's, they came the sort of famous Ange phone call, as a thing that's been sort of muted. But he's also said as well as that, that he's not here to sort of bend over backwards to sell the club to players. He'll obviously detail what they can offer, but he's not going to be like begging somebody to come. So 
Yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see, but I'm sure there will be enough target lined up. Just hopefully, as a Matt Riley, Riley McGee situation, if they're if Yakimakis is going to potentially be moving on, it's somebody who just sort of appears within the next few days or so. Tony, in terms of news, talking about new signings and stuff, just to get back to the Kelly game, uh, we're not going to do a full eleven because we want to hear what Andrew's got to say to his presser, so that'll be that'll be later on. Maybe be the newsletter tonight, and then maybe the projected eleven's article on the website tomorrow. So. If you don't subscribe to the newsletter, it takes two minutes. I'll put a it takes two seconds. I'll put a wee link into the description. But um, we can still talk about individual kind of yeah. positions, uh, I suppose. And I want to throw this one at you, right? Okay. I presume Joe Hart starts, right? I presume he does. But if Ben Segrist is fit, I don't know what his timescale is because they've not really he's not really commented on it. But if he is fit, do you think there's any chance he gets the nod because he played in the last two rounds against County and Motherwell? And if he's not available, do you agree that Hart just starts or does he give Scott Bain a, a shout? If Seagrace is not available, Hart starts. I think so. Yeah. And if Seagrace is available, I think he's got a big call on that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you could argue if he went with Seagrace in between the six. And I think a lot of supporters would actually like to see Seagrace. And we spoke about him earlier in the week, didn't we? We said we weren't going to get into it in any great detail and then ended up going into it in <laughs> I ended up 20 minutes or something. To but... be fair. But, uh, so, uh, and I agree with Pete McGee on that. Possibly he might be fit, but he might not be match fit. So thing is, I'm... a backup keeper, are they ever really match fit anyway? Like, they're no. never getting that sustained run of games. He's, he's only he's played those two League Cup. That's the reason I'm throwing it out there. Uh, yeah. There's no suggestion he is going to be in the squad because he's not been in the last couple. Um, but if he is, I'm just wondering... Yes, the, the league cupkeeper is that is that going to be reinstated for the, the, the semi final? There's just a groundswell and murmurings of discontent about Joe Hart, isn't there, Aiden? At this moment in time. Yeah, there is. I mean, <clears throat> he's had obviously a few kind of shaky performances. The the Ibrox really, obviously, that was when Rangers started to come back into the game with his sort of miss kick. I know he pulled off an excellent save after it, but the reason he had to make the save was because of <laughs> was because. Uh, of his mistake originally, he's not probably been as strong this season as he was last season. In terms of the game tomorrow, I, I would still have Hart in. Just, I know Benjamin Segrist has obviously played a couple of games in the League Cup and similar to, I think it was in Brendan Rodgers' last season, he sort of played Scott Bain in the League Cup, I think it was. But I would still just have Hart in there, just the sort of circumstances. I know obviously uh, Sean made a point there about is a second uh, keeper ever match fit. The answer to that is probably not, but he's obviously got another injury or something else on top of that. So I, w- I would have Joe Hart in for tomorrow, I would say. Have we all agreed that Burnaby plays left back unless unless Taylor is, has bounced back quicker than expected? Yeah. Or, or yeah. anybody have we seen Juranovic? No. No, no. No. <laughs> Tony panicked there. Have you thought no. of that? Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> Flashbacks to Ibrooks. Yes, you go with the the player whose natural position it is, uh, unless Greg Taylor has made a mm-hmm. miraculous recovery from his injury, and then that's a no-brainer as well. You would put Greg Taylor in there, but no, Bernabe starts if if uh, Greg Taylor can't make it. Uh, Derek Crawford just saying that if it was Seagrest, then he wouldn't have much to do anyway. Hopefully, that's much. I mean, that is the ta- the challenge of a Celtic keeper in it. A lot of the time, you're spent watching, observing. And no, but I, I, community action when called upon. There is a, a kind of element seeping in of just writing Kilmarnock off tomorrow. I don't yep. think you can do that at all. 
And given the fact that they've got a big striker coming back in who and his career has liked a goal against Celtic, he'll you'll be busting a gut to to impress again. So I, I just think you you need to be mindful and respectful. The manager talks about respect in every opponent and I, I think you have to do that tomorrow because it's not a given. You've got to turn up, you've got to play. And I, I'm confident that if they turn up and play and bring their brand of football that Celtic will try them. But you've got to be mindful of the fact that there is another team standing in your way of, of getting to another final and they will put up whatever fight they put up, they'll put up a fight. So just Would that be um Kyle Lafferty you're talking about, Tony? That's, it would uh, be Kyle Lafferty, Lafferty I'm talking about. First, yeah. first thing to play against Celtic, apparently. Yes, um, yes. Uh, I touched on this yeah. later on Tuesday, and I say it to you yesterday as well, he is a player that can give them a chance of winning or could ruin yeah. their chances of winning. Yeah. And that's before before we even consider his history against Celtic, to be honest. And I, I'm talking about both footballing contributions and the nasty stuff. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it'd be his first game back from a lengthy ban for sectarian abuse, let's not forget, against a guy who reportedly simply said up the silks to him in a bar. Um, there is an edge to that. Uh, I do think Dan McInnes maybe got the tone wrong when he said he was bursting to play and all that, after given what his ban was for. Um, but nonetheless, in a, in a footballing context, he's hurt Celtic before. Yeah, he's um, a threat. So you're right to, to, to and mention and, and, I, and I think, Aidan, you have to uh, recognise these facts that uh, it's not the foregone conclusion that a lot of Celtic supporters maybe think it is tomorrow. You're in a battle, you're in it's a semi-final, it's, it's going to be a tough tough game. No, I mean, it's, it's a one-off game, semi-final, anything can happen, really, particularly if it was to, God forbid, drag on to like extra time penalties, then it really does become a lottery. Just in terms of Lafferty, obviously he has been a dangerous player, but what I would say on this occasion is there's no way he's going to be anywhere near remotely match fit. I know he's been training, but I believe he's banned also in he wasn't able to play sort of reserve slash B team games until uh, most recently on Tuesday. I think he got some minutes. So he isn't going to be probably fully fit at his best. Obviously, his record against Celtic previously, from his point of view, is, is quite good. He's also scored some goals for Rangers and Hearts, etc. against Celtic. But he, he does give uh, on more of a chance of winning. There's no doubt in that. Or more of a chance of sort of upsetting on the day. But I just think the fact that he's not going to be fully fit it's probably just a game that will come too soon in terms of being able to make an impact. But, yeah, it obviously gives them more of an opportunity with having him back. There's no doubt about that. Sean, anyone else come into your thinking tomorrow, you reckon? I, I mean, I've, I kinda, you, you know yourselves, I create a, a Shell article for the Predicted 11s and I try to put in a graphic early doors, usually my team. Uh, I've put one in, but I don't even believe it. I'm going to go with that team, to be honest. <laughs> I think I'm going to change it. And, it's, it's the rotation aspect and the fact, try to balance the fact that he probably will want to rotate, but it's a League Cup semi-final as well. Do you know what I mean? There, there, there's a balance there that I'm probably going to get totally wrong, to be honest. Uh, the other position that I'm really struggling with, and, and I, I really want to take the punt, but I don't know if I can, given what I've said before, is uh, centre-back, left centre-back in particular, on the basis that I constantly quote Ange from his time in Japan saying that thing about there's one area of his team that he doesn't feel he would want to rotate ideally and that's centre-back um, and I, I wrote a full article about it last September when he had to chop and change for a bit that that consistency of selection would pay off when it when it came and it did uh, ended up it was Carter Vickers and Starfield rather than uh, Carter Vickers and Welsh or anybody um, so with that in mind I can't really in good faith say alright I'm going to rotate the centre-backs and it's obviously not going to be Carter Vickers but I'm still intrigued with the kind of 
Starfelt versus Kobayashi versus even Jens. Um, Kobayashi's been in and around the team for a while now. Jens was playing well enough prior to that, but Starfelt's got the jersey. So I don't know if I'm just talking myself into thinking there's going to be a spanner in the works when it comes to the, the rotation there. Uh, if I had to take a punt on it changing, I think I would go with a Kobayashi debut before I would go with Jens. Um, but it might it might just be Starfield, to be honest with you, too, reckon. Well, first things first, I'd just like to say that you're all dag at 11 at 11 last week. So did, I'm, aye, aye, I'm, did, I'm, did, I'm, did, I'm did. retiring from picking a, a, an 11, to be honest. Uh, that's, uh, yep, you're only as good as your last game. It's an intriguing one, that, Sean, I have to say. But I just don't know, would he, would he throw Kobayashi into that tomorrow? It's such an important game, isn't it? Would he do that to him? I'm thinking he might be inclined to put him in maybe the Morton mm-hmm. Cup game, uh, put him in then. But again, we're no stranger to a curveball with Ange. And you see, Kobayashi's been there for a while, so he'll be getting used to how they play and the setup and all that. So, yeah has to be Cameron Carter-Vickers and Carol Starfelt. No other choice on the rest can warm the bench, says Pete McGee. I mean, Aidan, he, he did give Alistair Johnston a, a debut at Ibrox. That was kind of yeah. forced. You, would, you you could say, given that, although Juranovic was there, when he came on, he didn't look quite right. So that was maybe enforced. But he also chose to start James Forrest in that same game. And I know it's a difference between a debut and a guy that's been there for a decade or more. But it was still a bit of a curveball in terms of personnel choice. So... I don't know, am I talking myself into it? Am I talking myself into something here, Aidan? Hey, I'm just known that he's thrown curveballs. Obviously, mm-hmm. what you just mentioned there's a prime example of that. I just think with this game, Starfield and Carter Vickers have been doing relatively well to hopefully try to get back to the sort of levels as, as a partnership that they were last season. So I just think that it's, they're unlikely to play. I think also with the Morton game coming up, that's probably one that's sort of earmarked yeah. for... Kobayashi potentially starting, maybe Awata being involved as well. I just think it's unlikely that uh, Kobayashi would get put in for this game tomorrow unless we hear something later on about an injury. It, obviously, it could be, i seen one of the commenters was mentioning that Ange, uh, Ange might give him some minutes later on in the match if it's going mm-hmm. well. Potentially, but I think he is unlikely to change his centre-backs unless there's a knock during a game as well as before it. Up with the Morton game coming up, that's, I think it'll be one that'll be your mark. If that was sort of, it wasn't a cup game for another month, maybe. I just think it's so important, this fixture, that if you put Kobayashi in and then he has a wee bit of a nightmare, that can do long-lasting damage. But then, on the flip side, Johnson came in and done well at Ibrox, and that sort of raised his stock a lot. But I just think because of the position, it's probably unlikely that Kobayashi will start. Tony, I'm going to throw this up just because I forgot mm-hmm. to do it at the time. Kaiser, uh on your reaction to Juranovic at left-back suggestion. No, 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 no. Tony looked like the Churchill dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I think, uh, uh, yeah, I think he's probably right there. But uh, listen, I, I know as we talk about that he, he's no stranger to throwing a spanner in the box. I think tomorrow's just too important. And I think right. he will go with the Carol Starfelt and Cameron Carter-Vickers. Mm-hmm. And because he, he leaves himself wide open, if he does throw in Kobayashi, and it goes horribly wrong. And I think also as well, if you threw in Kobayashi, I think the likes of Lafferty might be inclined to go, right, okay, you'll have a bit of that. Mm. You know, it give him some encouragement. Whereas if he's if he's up against the tried and tested, he's not had much joy out of those two uh, when he's played them, Lafferty. So 
I, I think you know I, it's all mind games, isn't it? We managers and stuff with team selections, and and I think playing Kobayashi like Lafferty would be inclined to, and I probably think his manager would be inclined to say, go and test him. You should not get much joy out of Cameron Carter Vickers because he's as mm-hmm. strong as an ox, and you know, and uh, a very good footballer as well, uh, and he'll dominate him uh, given the chance. But so I, I would be. My thinking on that would I'd be inclined to just stick with the status quo with the centre backs, as as you say, he's he's loath to rotate them unless there is an injury or something that we hear about later on. So that's my thinking. But again, Sean, you know what the manager's like. He handed Alistair Johnson a debut iBook, so uh, he might well think that uh, he'll he'll you know if he's liking the look. He, he always li- likes to talk about how he watches players in training every day, doesn't he? And if Kobayashi has come in and has impressed him with his attitude and got used to the style of playing the way they play, then he might be tempted to throw him in. You know, it's, you're playing the devil's advocate, aren't you? But you're going to have to pick a predicted 11 because we do it every week. So I know. Uh, the next one I'm going to throw out, Tony, is, um, I mean, I presume McGregor starts despite this looming threat of Iwata taking his place. Um, <laughs> I would imagine Rail Hatate makes it 20 successive competitive starts in a row as well. I've got a suspicion he might go back to O'Reilly for this one after a wee rotation out of the lineup last week. But Aaron Moy, there's him to consider. There's also David Turnbull, and I presume it will be too soon for Iwata. But um, Jason Lee, sorry, uh, Dunhalo saying the bull to start with McGregor and Hatati. Do any of you subscribe to to that or Moy no. fees O'Reilly? Is it simply down to that? On you go, Eden. I think it's probably likely to be between Moy and O'Reilly, just because that's been the sort of battle for the majority of the season. I'd be happy with either of them, really. Uh, I, obviously, I had said before the Kilmarnock game last week that I thought after O'Reilly struggled a bit at Ibrox and Moy's performance, he deserved the start. He then got the start <clears throat> and he, he done okay. And in that game, obviously, didn't really have to do a lot in terms of really having to excel himself that much just because of the way the match was, but he was fine. Uh, obviously Matt O'Reilly's turned up in the really big games for Celtic before so I, I would be happy with either of them I just think with Turnbull uh, it's just to be a wee bit bizarre to just kind of throw him in unless there's, there's injuries or you know the so-called sickness pockets maybe flying about but mm. I just think he, he's not really been a regular starter this season I know he's he has been on from the start in a few games I just think that's probably unlikely to be honest just the way the team's been built recently I'm going O'Reilly, Sean. Ah, I see, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm going O'Reilly. I think um, he's a, I think this is his stage. He's a creative player, and I think it will suit him. Uh, and he can play those kind of uh, quick forward-thinking passes to the likes of Jota Maida. You know, it's big, big, expansive pitch, isn't it? Uh, Hamden or Celtic certainly have areas uh, yeah. that they can work in space. And uh, I don't know. I just think tomorrow could be. Taylor made for O'Reilly. He's had his, he's been rotated, you know. He's so I think, and and also I think he'll be, if he does come back into the manager's reckon he'll be busting a gut to improve. And I, I actually think if he does play that, he was going to score. He'll score his first goal of the season tomorrow. That's my bold prediction. Nice, aye, nice, nice, nice. Uh, no, as I say, I, I suspect he'll go O'Reilly. Um, that's my shout, but. I don't, again, I won't, I won't be bothered if he goes Moy. I think you can no. justify Moy. I just think he'll go back to O'Reilly. But you're talking about the space at Hamden, the wide open, the wide expanse of Hamden, as it's got to be called, I think. Um, yes. Jota and Maida started the game last weekend, linked up yeah. for the opener. 
Who's to say it won't be the exact same front three again this time is what I would say. That's probably what I'll go with. It would make sense to me uh, that that's the case, even though Leila Bada in particular is due a start again soon. He's only had one out of the last four games. Uh, seen a comment asking about Haksabanovic. He was meant to be back into it, according to Ange, after the derby, but he wasn't in the squad for the killer game, was he? So I suppose we'll have to wait and see what the manager says in him later at the presser as to whether he's even in contention. I probably will go Maida and Jota on the wings. But what I want to ask you is, is there a argument with it being League Cup and his record in the League Cup that it's uh, Jorge Oshakamakis over Kyogo? Or is it just got to be Kyogo with the form that he's in at the moment? I don't know, Tony, you talk, because I don't know what's happening with Aiden's audio here. There is an argument, but I don't think he will, because big games, he always favours Kyogo, doesn't he? And uh, I just think uh, at this minute in time, Kyogo's actually playing very well. And I thought Georges Giacomacchi's done excellent last week when he came on. Did, did Sorry, I'm laughing because uh, that the noise that came out of Aiden's audio there, Kaiser's calling him Robo Aiden. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> uh, but you know, so I I think Kyogo will start tomorrow. I have mm-hmm. to see, but uh, again, George's uh, Jackamakis. I liked what he did last week against him. He, <laughs> you know, two two unbelievable efforts that crashed back off the bar and did everything but score. Uh, so. But you know what, I'm just like sentiment never coming into anything that he does. Yeah. People might say you might want to put him in to give him one last goal before he maybe leaves, that kind of thing. But Andrew don't care about that. No, no, no. He'll play a he'll play a team, he'll play his strongest team. And I, I think you touched upon it before you, you said it that the three that started up front last week, I'm a kind of yellow jersey man at times. Yeah. I'm inclined to think that they'll start again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, I mean, I, I, that's my share. That's who I think he'll go with. Or that's who I'm going to go with, I think, anyway. But the, the, the Yakimakis thing, the League Cup against County, he scored, but he didn't start the next rounds game against Motherwell. But that, the caveat to that was that was because he started, he was starting at the time, he started the game before it, the 6 1 Hibs game, and scored twice. And then he started the two games after it and scored in both as well. So there's no the kind of Segrist rule where it's like he's the League Cup striker, like Segrist is the League Cup keeper, because it was kind of. It depended on the context of the team selections at the time. So he started the first League Cup game, but the second one, when that rolled round, he was actually starting the, the other game. So he didn't. Kyogo started that one. Aidan, you want to give it a try? Lord Vader, Dart, Mr. Dalek, whatever it is it's going to be. Any better? Still. Oh, there he's back. He's back. Much better, right? Uh, I enjoyed just the wee line there about it was like the smoking family from chewing the fat. I've got to say that was so cool. uh, I, I think. We'll just need to wait and see on that one, to be honest. I mean, I just think in terms of the way Andrew's been with the team in terms of rotation, I just don't think this is the sort of one that he's going to differ from too much from the team that's been playing in the last two games, with the exception of, uh, well, I know played the last time he didn't play against Rangers. I think he'll keep his place just because of the, the left-back situation. But overall, I, I can just see him going like with the same front three, really. For example, you know, Kyogo... Jota Maeda just because of how well they've been playing. I think the one sort of the one sort of debate is what we just mentioned there between Moy and O'Reilly. But overall, I don't think we'll see too many changes just because of the nature of the fixture. Uh, you're getting pelters in for that uh, 
so, totally out of your control too, but it's, it's, it's ruthless on here, ruthless. Um, Pete McGee is absolutely convinced that you're in a lift. And I can see why, to be honest, I didn't so, so if he's in a lift, can we, can Aiden's new nickname be Shaft? Can we call him Shaft? <laughs> I don't really think that I should take off, to be honest, I've got to say. Indeed, it takes your monkey off me, I didn't know what I mean, with the wardrobe and all that, you know what I mean, Castle Haggard, so I'm, I'm, I'm delighted with that, you know what I mean, so there you go. Uh, I think, um, is it score prediction time, guys? I think it is, isn't it? Um, well, it's an easy one for me. I'm going for the I'm, I'm going for the uh, the same score as I went for last weekend. Uh, despite the fact it's a semi final, given it's the same opponents, and I do think that Celtic could have won by a couple more last week. I'm going four 0 Oh wow! I was going, to and I know that that's, that's ambitious for a semi final. I know, but I was going to say that too. To be fair, oh. so I need to say something different, won't I? Not necessarily. You could agree. Well, I'll agree. I'll say four 0 as well. Then I just think Aiden, you definitely can I agree. You've got to say something different. I'll I'll go for three 0 One better than last week. Sort of relatively consistent scoring. Jason Lee says three one because they've gave up a corner. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well, I, I think lots of. I mean, I, when I get back to the, the confidence thing, I think Celtic so are confident in the the way the team are playing and the, they have an ability to score goals, uh, mm-hmm. but. Again, you respect your opponent and we're not dismissing them out of hand, although some of the scoreline prediction would be suggested we're dismissing them, but we're not. I just think you're confident in the way Celtic are playing. And I don't think the team will be complacent or dismiss uh, the threat that Kilmarnock will pose tomorrow because they will pose a threat at particular times. But you just feel that whatever teams put out, that Celtic will have the game and, and also the players and the class and the ability mm-hmm. To overcome what Derek McInnes does because they've got a wonderful record against these teams also at Hamden as well Aye um, There's nothing there I can disagree with, no I think I think you're right, I think De- Derek McInnes as I said that last week, Derek McInnes' personal record against Celtic is woeful right, um, <laughs> At some point obviously he's got to, well, he's got to believe at some point he will get another result because it's been a while now but um just try to look at it in a vacuum objectively. Celtic are by far the better team. They showed that in the last game, 2-0 going on four. Um, for all the talk after the game on on shows, uh, certain shows, highlight shows, was how well Kilmarnock contained them for 44 minutes. The game lasted for 90, 95 minutes. Um, ended up 2-0. It was, as I say, going on three or four. So with that in mind, and the strength and depth of Andrew Postacoglu even does decide to rotate, I just, I just think Celtic... Celtic will win it. That's what, that's what I think. I also think as well, Aidan, that Celtic's class told, uh, you know, at the end of that 45 minutes, they could easily have gone in 0-0. But it was a wonderful goal that got them in front. And from that moment on, you knew Celtic were going to go on and win the game. And certainly that's that's what I felt. Kilmarnock had had their kind of moments in the game and, and didn't go ahead. So when Celtic went ahead, I thought, OK, the second half was the procession that he thought it would be, one-way traffic, and should have been more than two. Yeah, on another day, it could have been sort of <clears throat> three, four, even five. That sort of thing about Kilmarnock did well to contain. Well, to be blunt, they lost the game. You know, they lost 2-0. They can't have contained that well. If they'd walked <clears throat> away by a 0-0 draw, then it would have been different. But, yeah, overall, the, the performance was fine against Kilmarnock last week. I think I'd sort of put that in the group chat saying just job done pretty much. Wasn't anything that exciting, but on another day, 
particularly with chances such as Forrest's one. It, it could have been a few more. So, yeah, if they get a 2 0 or a 3 0 tomorrow, I'll be quite happy with that. Well, yeah, we have it here. 4 0 from myself, 4 0 from Sean, 3 0 from Aiden. So, uh, there you go. Can't say further than that. All unanimous. So, guys, I'll just direct you to the ticker tape running across the bottom of your screen. We've got a new offer. It's an excellent offer. You subscribe to the Celtic Way website. It'll cost you a pound for four months to everything that's written on the website. And the first 100 new subscribers will also get a free A3 Callum McGregor print by popular artist made by Frankie. And there it's there on the screen. Sean's posted that up. And it's all for the click of a button, guys. All you have to do, log on www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And that limited edition A3 artwork of Callum McGregor by Made by Frankie could be yours if you subscribe today and hit the button. And also we thank Seneca for their sponsorship of the Celtic Way Morning Briefing. And it's now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group and Seneca, the number one hair transplant company in Europe and offer innovative hair restoration treatments. And you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of this video. Video, Easy for me to say, guys, eh? Getting excited about the semi-final, eh? But that was excellent. Guys, have a fabulous Friday the 13th. Whatever you do, enjoy the football tomorrow. Weekend's always result-dependent, isn't it? But yeah. Celtic in the League Cup semi-final against Kilmarnock, hoping to reach their second League Cup final in a row under Ange. It's Callum McGregor, 1-3-6, winner's medal, his second League Cup winner's medal as captain of the club. Uh, Kilmarnock stand in their way. Half past five kickoff tomorrow, guys, just in case you weren't aware of that later. Yep. Sure, I'm still not happy with that, to be fair, but hey. No, I've deferred an earlier one, but it is, it is what it is. Uh, keep your eyes peeled on the website all day tomorrow, the Twitter account, all of that. We'll have plenty of stuff going up, predicted 11s, previews, match coverage itself, detailed player ratings, analysis after it, um, and then obviously into Sunday with the data and stuff from it. So I keep your eyes peeled for that. Busy weekend coming up. Aidan, thank you for your contribution today. Or should I call you Shaft? I'm, I'm going to call you Shaft. That's, that's no, we don't want that to take off. You don't want that nickname to stick. <laughs> yeah, Paul Andrew, man, great guest today. Such a talking metal, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Can't say fairer than that. Sean, as always, first class. Take care and have a wonderful day. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers.